0: Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, presented by Manscaped.ca. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Padve are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered episode 140. I am your host Blaine Pudway and I'm joined now by my co-host Treg Wilson. Hello. And Matt Smith. Good afternoon. All three of us together on one show. It's uh, lately been rare.
1: It's miracles. It really has been, yeah. As
0: miracles. Matt sucks back another beer prepping for the day.
2: <laughs> Air force.
0: <laughs> Cheer force drinking before you spin 50 times is probably not a good idea
2: yeah so what is the record in your unit there for the spare chin uh uh chair spin there matt
1: I don't, know. I don't even remember because <laughs> oh, they drink
2: too much before they do yeah, it. Exactly. I know that
1: uh I know that if uh, not too long ago the uh, the fire department showed up in the building because they uh they were they wanted to like there was a guy leaving the unit so they put him in a chair and they like they were going to spray him with a fire hose. But as soon as they touched the fire hose, the alarm went off. So they were like, oops. <laughs> so it was well thought out. Oh, yeah, very well. So, yeah, yeah. I wasn't there for it. I just heard about
0: it. Because, <laughs> you know, nothing more, uh, more angry than a firefighter who was woken up from a nap.
1: I know, right? Yeah.
0: May I, I might put out that this is military firefighters so right. the air yeah. force firefighters yeah. i know so they thinking, were going
1: i know they were going to do it but i think as soon as they touched the fire hose and it went off they were like yeah, we're not going to do that anymore.
0: <laughs> well why not you follow through you already set off the alarm finish the yeah. job typical air force can't I finish know. a job
1: that's all good I wasn't. No. know what
0: would happen a sailor would just follow through
2: yeah, that's right yes <laughs> And super then they would pretend they didn't even hear the alarm. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. What alarm? As you're putting you're just turning off the bail on the fire hose.
1: Yeah. But uh we squadron's been busy though. Uh, it's been we've been in the news uh, quite a bit um in the last sure. little while. So. Yep, yeah.
0: super busy. Yeah, you guys super. work all the time,
2: nonstop. Heroes That's all we do. That's National we do. heroes.
1: Do, yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs>
2: asking about your week, Matt, but thanks for telling us. Um yeah. Treg, no one cares about yours. That's why no one asks. I know. I'm just <laughs> We learned this the hard way, remember?
0: I <laughs> don't <laughs> uh, even bring mine up because I know better. As I'm no. recording from the Haves Unfiltered studios, which also works as a homeschooling center for my children.
2: <laughs> fine with mine. My granddaughter's here because her daycare is closed. And she was actually learning with my daughter, uh, grade 12 global history so yeah nice. three-year-old granddaughter is going to be a genius
0: no but she's not but anyway she's held back by her grandfather's genes
2: if i'm actually her grandfather we'll see it's debatable (laughs) she's too cute to be yours exactly exactly so i'm just i'm being
0: honest i'm being
2: oh I, I totally agree and so is her mother so there's. i have questions <laughs>
0: <laughs> a loose toothbrush here and there might get stolen is what you're saying yeah 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 all right so uh it is episode 140 uh this episode we've got we're going to cover quite a bit so we're gonna have some news and notes around the nhl there's quite a bit that's happened over across the pond uh we'll talk a little bit about uh the issues that have been that have come up with uh, Jonathan Drouang. Uh, we'll discuss the Canadians' playoff hopes and the upcoming game against the Jets tonight as we record. It is the 30th of April. And on the second half of the show, we're going to be joined by Sam Harrigan of the Wisconsin uh, Badgers Press. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his Cole Caulfield scoop and some women's hockey as he covers women's hockey for the Badgers. So let's just dive into this uh, around the NHL and across the pond, news and notes. Uh, today, as, uh, as I mentioned, we're recording the afternoon of the 30th of April. The Seattle Kraken are now officially in the NHL. As of today, they are the 32nd franchise. And I might, I might add that several years ago, before they were named, I said the Kraken was the only name that they should use, and they listened. That's the kind of power I have
2: You and millions of other people who all over social media said the Kraken. But I was part of that. So that's the power I hold. (laughs) And you were probably cracking open a bottle of Kraken at the time. That's what brought it up.
0: As a sailor, I cannot (laughs) confirm or deny that I was drinking Kraken rum.
2: Hey, you know what would be a
0: good name for the new team? Alexander Keith. (laughs) Oh, geez. What am I shooting this with? Oh, it's some Kraken. <laughs> uh just putting it out there you know Kraken rum or alexander keiths to so why hasn't Montreal show. uh
2: traded weber and price to seattle yet if they're part of the team as of today that should have been done by noon
0: funnily enough i wrote an article about that on recruits.ca so feel free to subscribe and check that out a lot of talk about how that plan is poppycock
2: and oh, it, it is, but thousands of HABS fans on social media cannot be wrong.
0: We'll get into HABS fans on social media when we get to the Jonathan Jeroy piece. Uh, the next order of business on the news and notes uh, the Gregorian Cup is over. The KHL season's done. They have handed out the championship trophy and right now partying out in Moscow or Somewhere in Russia, Emlyn Kovalchuk and Habs legend himself Yuri Sekach, have won with Avant-Garde. Uh Their head coach is someone that Treg has been pushing as a you know the next Habs head coach for a while. He loves this guy. You can talk about him at length, but uh, yeah, no, they uh, they've won a they've won the championship. Uh, Sekach and Emlyn are going to remain with the club, however. Kovalchuk has mutually terminated his contract and Matt has a theory on what's going to happen too. So Craig, what,
1: what
2: about you? Well, let's start with you, with your, <laughs> with your, your coach love.
1: The Bob Hartley love oh, coming up.
2: Bob Hartley was the coach <laughs> of the uh garde team and uh was right. a Stanley cup winning coach who speaks French. So have at her. <laughs> I don't think he should be head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. He's I think he falls under that old school coaching that uh, are kind of going to kind of shun from the NHL now because of their way with people and attitudes. So I don't think you'll see him back in the NHL.
0: I don't remember him being.
2: I I don't think he was ever brought out for that, but I'm just speculating because he's never really, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just speculating off my own. Maybe I'm just ass-chatting, but uh, I think he falls under – but he does fall under the old-school coach dynamic. So Sure. Um, but uh, if, if they need a new coach, and if anyone wants to go to the Hockey Writers, there's a new article out as of today about uh, Ducharme. Yeah, uh, don't a, say. A long playoff run in order to uh, – or a deep playoff run in order to keep his job um, – I still often want, I still wonder, even though I wrote that article, I still think he may have a job next year regardless, but uh, uh, depending on if Bergevin's back or not, which I think he will be, Uh, but Hartley could be an option uh, in Montreal. Uh, He is a coach with a pedigree. So an NHL pedigree. So uh, who knows?
0: And if anyone wants to find out who else would be a good option, they should go to the hockey writers and check out Treg's latest article. Uh, Matt, you had you had some theories on Kovalchuk.
1: I got a theory on Hartley as well. Like he turned he turned Yakupov into a champion. So, you know, he's 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 taken he's taken Yakupov and won a major championship before McDavid. So, So he developed him. So he's developed him. So, clearly Clearly, the next probably gonna be the next coach of the Canadians. Um, so uh, yeah, with uh, with Kovacs, I put it up on Twitter and a couple of people laughed at it. I got a couple of funny DMs as well, um, saying that Kovalchuk terminated his contract with Avangard because he's gonna come back to Montreal. So I'll just throw that rumor out there.
0: You heard it here for, here, folks. Uh, a completely <laughs> unfounded rumor from the Habs, unfiltered insider. Yeah. yeah, three R's. There's three yeah. R's. In you, you know what? He,
1: he, like, he played, you know. The you know the the KHL isn't the NHL, but you know he 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 did play well in the KHL um, before Emlyn got injured or uh, was missed uh, missed time with his illness and everything and was really in bad condition. Uh, he was having a good season too. He's wearing the C for the team and uh, the K. Or, yeah, he's wearing the <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's wearing <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, he was there for the final game. Emelin was back for the final game. He
1: wasn't. He wasn't. He was there. in the crowd. He was in the crowd. Oh, okay, because when they, they show him play. picking up
2: the Gagarin Cup, he has his jersey on. I didn't realize yeah. know if he
1: had gear on or yeah, not, but yeah, I feel I, so I feel good for him. I feel yeah. good, I feel good for him that he was they was able expecting to come back. a
0: full recovery, but it's going to take the entire offseason. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> so that's good news. Uh, Emily coming back from that uh, from liver failure, yeah. and Kovalchuk winning a championship, and then maybe bringing that uh, Gagarin Cup ring with Bob
2: Hartley to Montreal. And yeah. Gary Sackett, don't forget he won. Gary Sackett? Uh, no, he's staying out there because you know he won. Yeah,
0: uh, he's gonna pad his advanced stats yeah. out there first.
2: Habs draft picked?
0: No, he was a free agent. a hey, free
2: agent? I thought they drafted agent. him. No, it's free no. agent. Oh, he came over from Anaheim, didn't he? Uh, you're talking. Yeah. You're
1: thinking about like Martin Reway or whatever.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking about yeah. somebody
1: else. Yeah.
2: Who's
0: tearing it up in Europe right now? I'm guessing. I don't know. Martin Reway? I am just I, I thought he guess. was
2: out of hockey because of his illness. It's possible. I,
0: honestly, I've lost track of Martin Riewey, so I, I don't I know. I haven't
2: heard his name since Matt just mentioned it yeah, <laughs> in, like, forever.
1: <laughs> Martin Reway playing in the Slovak lead this year. Oh, there you go. Our stats 42, guy right here. Four, 42 games, 12 goals, 20 assists.
2: That's actually pretty good, good. Yeah. I always thought he was going to be a good player for Montreal. Small, but good. I'm just happy he's playing professionally
0: because uh, yeah. after all his uh, illnesses, it's nice to see him being able to play.
2: And speaking of Slovak leads, uh, uh, Matt, you have other information coming <gasps> over from mm-hmm. There's maybe more. a Czech league or something. Yeah, oh. The neighboring, the neighboring country. The neighboring
1: okay. Country. So, uh, so Jager's uh, Jager's uh, team that he plays for and that he owns. Cladno um, no. Who? Apparently Martin Reway played for last year. Did not know that either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they just, uh, they just won their, I guess the Czech second tier title. And uh, now they've been promoted to the top Czech league. And uh, Placanic has already said that he's going to come back for another year. And Jager at 49 years old, has also said that he's going to come back. So, you know, good for him. Good I'm for
0: him. a little upset because I, I sent him uh, an offer to come play beer league out in Nova Scotia. So it's- <laughs> It's, it sucks to see that he's turned down the offer of one free beer after every game to go play professionally yeah. for a team he owns.
2: Yeah. It's, it's silly because didn't everyone agree to have mullets for that team too? If he yes. came over and played. So, In yeah. his honor. That's that's rude, actually. It's quite rude. We're
0: still doing the mullets though. And the free beer? Well, no. We
2: oh, only Yager got free beer.
0: Only Yager we get free beer. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. For this team.
2: Well I I'm do out have a te-
0: I do have a team that's sponsored by Molson's that provides us free beer.
2: Well I'm out then cuz I, you know, I'm just as good as Yager was when he was 3. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I have never been that good. So <laughs> I just I just play for free beer. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. Is there's Claudno then there's the Claudno Knights.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, all we're right, back so, on that.
1: Okay. All right. So so Claudno Claudno is the uh Claudno is like the the top tier team, and the Knights is the second tier team.
2: So and which mean, one? Which one does Yagaru own? The Knights, or both?
1: I don't with know. If he, I, I think he might own both, but I'm not. Is he owning the sure. entire
2: town. That's what I want to know. I does think he owns so. all of. Atlanta? I think. I
1: think he does. Yeah, that's where he's from. So he because be he
2: probably slept with all the women. Oh, absolutely.
1: And he's, and he's just, they're just like, they take pictures of him and they're and he like, he just doesn't care. And he's like, whatever. Look what I, look what I did last night. <laughs> <And> so,
0: <laughs> I'm
2: going to blackmail <laughs> you. Go
0: ahead. <laughs> so if anyone doesn't remember that story, he was playing for the Panthers at the time and he went out, had a, went to a party, met a, met a young lady. Uh, they, they hit it off. They went back to his place. Next morning she took selfies with him, passed out in the bed next to her. And then she tried to blackmail him for $5,000 a picture to which he laughed. Yeah, go ahead. Post it. I don't care. Not married, never been married that, you know, no kids. Why does he care if people find out that he had an evening with a 24 year old woman? (laughs) The man sold his own peanut butter. If that doesn't shame anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So uh... come on
2: uh just i, I love just how matt keeps that. bringing us back i love how matt keeps bringing us back there oh, you and right. i were going on a thing and he says "Cladno," and the Cladno Knights are or two <laughs> oh,
1: and back somehow back. we
0: have ended up with blackmail <laughs>
1: i brought you uh, i brought you guys back on track yeah. so we started talking about beer and stuff and shit we'll be yeah. here all day right and so. then blackmail exactly.
2: then we ended up with blackmail and peanut butter blackmail yeah, mullets out. and peanut butter
1: there yeah. we go it's a winning formula
2: that's the name of the show blackmail so like mullets par- and peanut butter
1: it sounds like a party
0: the best kind
1: yeah
0: (laughs) just don't want to be blackmailed about what you do with the peanut but yeah never
2: mind no let's not go there (laughs)
0: let's not go there but you know where we should go
1: go ahead take the pictures
0: (laughs) 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 yes that's chunky (laughs) chunky peanut butter but where we should go is going to the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming habs unfiltered is brought to you by manscaped they offer precision engineering tools for your family jewels and are now available in the us canada the uk australia new zealand and the eu where Cladno is we have an exclusive offer for our audience use code unfiltered 20 to get 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. Did you know one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all of, the, uh, all of the men listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together, TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35, and giving support for fighters, survivors, families impacted by testicular cancer as part of the We Save the Balls initiative. While you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead and give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain? I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyway. Manscaped recommends you check yourself once a month. If you do feel any lumps or swelling, give your doctor a call immediately. In addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure your sack is looking fresh and clean with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. All liquid formulations use only the best ingredients. Some of these liquid tools include the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant for your balls. The Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner and refresher. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and feeling fresh. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at Manscape.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. So, moving on from a, that.
1: A shaving your balls and, from shaving your balls and peanut butter.
0: From shaving your balls to <laughs> talking about a bunch of dicks online. The yeah. Jonathan Drouin, LTIR. He is now on LTIR for personal reasons and the popular theory, as the team has said, they will not be giving information and they want you to respect his privacy to which they were asked a thousand times in questions that day as to why and refused to answer the, uh, the prevailing theory is the, the shit and abuse that he gets from the media and the fans, especially online. So speaking of dicks online, Let's talk about that. Uh, Treg, how about you kick that one off?
2: Well, <clears throat> as a writer and a podcast person like we are, almost every article I put out, whether it's about defense, goaltending, or whatever, it doesn't even have to have Druin involved. Someone makes the comment, send Druin to waivers. He's a waste of time and a waste of ice. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter. I could be talking about Victor Mete and they'll, they bring up Druin. Uh, I heard rumors that he was getting death threats at his house. I don't know how much that is true.
0: It has Um, been, it's unconfirmed, but uh, would anybody be surprised? No.
2: And it's, man, it's right back in January, I wrote an article saying that the media and fans have to give Druin his due for this season. Uh, I'm sorry, but I think Druin was having one of his best seasons of his career sure he wasn't getting the points there in the last 20 some games but neither was anyone else only toffoli and anderson were scoring goals nobody was putting up a bunch of montreal scored three goals or less in the 11 of the last sorry 13 of the last 17 games um he you know i i think he did have a uh he was wary of his wrist I, i think that's why his shooting was down uh, Cause he, I mean, he wasn't really shooting and sure that's fine, but he was getting the passes. He was forechecking. checking. He was back checking. He was getting in the corners. He may not win all his battles in the corners, but at least he was going to the corners and battling, yeah. um, which is and, something and he, he was,
1: he
0: was asked about his goal scoring this season in a press conference, I think a week before he, he went yeah. on long-term injury. And he said to the person asking the question, I don't remember who asked about the goals. He, he said, you realize that there's a column to the right of the goals column as yeah. well, meaning he's getting assists. Yeah. And he, he was on pace for matching his career high in points.
2: He, he was on pace for 52 points, which uh, is a little less than his career high, but it's still around what he career gets His career high, perceived. by the way, is 53. For the way. issue with Druin is he came over here in Montreal, and my article in January lays that out, like, Bergevin kind of put him on a pedestal and said, here's our French superstar, without really saying that, but that's kind of – they they tried to play him at center. They wanted him to be their number one center, and he's not a center, right? And uh, everyone expected him to get 80, 90 points. Everyone expected him to be this big 70 to 80-point scorer, and Druin's not. He's not that. He's a 55 to – he might get 70 in a season if he if he plays a full season – you know, with other players that can at least bury the puck, uh, he's a playmaker. He's not a goal scorer. Um, I always made the argument online. So what you're telling me if this guy gets eight or 90 assists, he's no good because he only scored two goals, right? Because that's what people say. Oh, well, he only has two goals. Yeah. But he leaves the team in assists. Someone's scoring if he's on the ice. And, uh, the expectations to start were just way too high for him. Uh, and really, this just goes to show, can you guys imagine if we drafted Lafreniere and he had the season that he's having in New York here in Montreal this year? Be a
0: total bust. He'd be the can, worst thing to ever happen to the franchise.
2: He, they would run him out of the city, and that's kind of what they're doing with Druin. I would not be surprised if Druin's not in Montreal Canadian next year. It would not surprise me in the least. Yeah, I agree. And it's um, it's fans – in media. And then you have some media people coming out saying, well, oh, take care, do this, do that. And you're thinking to yourself, you can go back on their their Twitter and go back. I'm not going to name names because it doesn't matter. Uh and go, "Wait a minute. You bashed him for this. You bashed him when he did this play. He missed this uh breakaway and he had something to say about that. Now you're saying leave him alone." And and you know, it's not fair. What about all those times that you're going on about how shitty of a player RDS, the antechamber was on him like rabid wolves. I will name them because, you know, he was the worst thing to happen to Montreal, according to them. And Deneau said it perfect in the interview when they try to get something from him. He goes, "said there's added pressure to be a francophone player on this team."
0: Yeah, he said he knows what it's like to be a francophone playing in Montreal.
2: Yeah, which in okay,
1: interpret that to yeah, the, it's the same thing. It means the same thing. Yeah. yeah Teno also said when he was asked a question, he said, there's things that are more important right now than hockey. Yeah. So, you know, we, we can speculate all we want, but uh, you know, let's just leave the guy to his, whatever issues he has and let him deal with it. Hopefully he'll, uh, he'll come back as a stronger player.
0: What, uh, what kind of, I, I want to defend people's right to be critical of a player when they make errors. Yep. They have every right to say, Hey, exactly. look at this mistake he pulled but those people that were constantly pointing out his mistakes were eerily silent whenever he did something well yeah. like there's people that would point out his mistakes and then point out his successes as well i'm not saying that they don't exist there's quite a few of them but there's this vocal minority that no matter what he did they hated everything he did he could score a hat trick or put up four points in a game Actually, there was a game earlier this season. He scored three points in a game, was the first star according to the NHL's selection of first stars. And there are websites that we all know and uh, have been blocked from now because we you know chose not to work there anymore. Uh, that would that made him a minus in those games, calling him a failure because, a lot of people just don't like the general manager or don't like the payment. That he, that it,
1: the, yeah, the moves that he made.
0: The move he made to get Drew You can argue that the trade was a it was a loss because it's Sergeyev that went the other way. That's fine. But leave the poor bastard out of it. Like get It's Durant. not
2: his fault he was traded yeah. for a defenseman. He he didn't sit there and say, hey, if you're going to trade me to Montreal, make sure you get Sergeyev. Yeah. Right? So yeah, you can... Was- they can't separate no. the
0: anger about the trade from the player. And then they get angry about the player making these mistakes, but ignore all the good stuff. Like this year, he's at, he actually came into the season. He was dedicated, more dedicated defensively. Uh, yeah. He was imperfect. He made errors, but you name me one player on that team that hasn't made an error. Name one. Good luck. There's not. Um, but he was, he was playing well defensively overall. Uh, he was putting up some points. He was engaged. He was playing with Suzuki and they had chemistry and things were going fairly well. And then the second the wheel started to fall off, the Jackals came and they just.
2: That is... Suzuki drew an Anderson line was the eighth best line in the NHL up until they split it up. That's right. uh, XGF percentage wise. That's right. So that means they were creating offense they were controlling the play when they were on the ice, and you know by doing that, their expected goals and their expected goals against was up and down relatively, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, and it didn't it didn't matter what he did. Everyone was like, he's a bum. Well, I mean, Facebook, Facebook is the most toxic. Everyone thinks Twitter's toxic. Facebook is, and we know Blaine because we put our articles on Facebook, different web uh, Montreal pages on Facebook all the time, and. Like I said earlier, every damn article you put out there, something about Druin. Well, Get the comment
0: section on anything that I post on the Hockey Writers, anything, it has, it can have zero to do with him.
2: Yeah. But anything
0: and, I post on there gets two posts guaranteed no matter what. Fire Bergevin, That That's always the the first one that pops up.
2: And waiver or trade Druin.
0: Yes. Every yeah. time. Without yeah. fail. Those, those end up getting weeded out by our... Uh, our editor who goes through the comments. So it's not quite as toxic yeah. on the, and there's race. an automatic
2: thing too. certain words that are in a thing. will That's automatically right. put it over. Thank goodness. Yeah. They put but that
0: in after we complained,
2: even after he left the game, even after he, he said, listen, I need time off. You know, yeah. he was getting attacked. He was getting like on our own. We have a new uh, Facebook webpage. Now I'll plug that, I guess here. Uh, our group, our Facebook group, uh, yeah, Habs Unfiltered, Habs unfiltered. Group. Go check it out. Someone on there said, "Well, if you're ju- if he's just getting pissy because he's losing ice time, like fuck off, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's obvious what's happening.
1: Yeah, and it has they, whatever whatever's going on right now is it's bigger than hockey. It's not yeah. just it's it, not just his play. It's not the fact that he's not putting the puck in the net. There's something else going on that's yeah." affecting him so let him let him take the time and maybe and we'll maybe, see maybe we'll see him back at the end of the season maybe we won't We, who knows
0: and the big argument that that they're putting out there is that well he's making millions of dollars to be a professional hockey player he should be able to handle the heat well i'm sorry he's being paid to play hockey not yeah. be yelled at by a bunch of goofs online
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. it's What's, uh what was that tweet there uh if you can't handle if it's too hot get out of the kitchen Oh, yes, by a former hockey writer. Well, that's what you want to call him.
0: Well, he attempted to be.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, and like, how, how are you going to do that when a guy is obviously having some men- – I, I, I truly believe it's mental health issues. I truly believe. I 100% agree. I think and, it is. Uh, they're not saying that, but it, it, that's what makes the most sense. I don't care if you like the guy or not. I really don't. I don't care if you hate his play. I don't care if you hated the trade. I don't care if you criticize for mistakes he made. Great. Go ahead. You have all the right to do that. But to berate and belittle and criticize, 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 that's bullying. And whether you're a professional making $5 million a year or not, it still affects you.
1: Do you want take so much? Yeah. yeah. Well, you
0: think about it. These guys – they've got all that sp- that free time during the day where they, they go in, you know, they have game, uh, you know, ice time in the morning, you know, a little game day skate. They go over some video. They have lunch as a team, a little meeting, and then they go home for about five hours, six hours. It, it, he's young enough where it's normal for him to be, okay, well, I've got a couple of minutes. I'm going to go online. And his mentions must be exploding, constantly saying, you suck, you suck, kill yourself. You suck, you suck, you suck. Like I've actually seen people tell him to kill himself yep. after several years of that i can totally understand why he would need time off to get away from this and matt i think you're right i think this may be it for him in montreal
1: it, it very well could be and um yeah. i'm thinking and you know i'm not going to put rumors out there speculate or anything like that but maybe he'd be somebody that would go to seattle maybe Right, he
2: go to a new, go
1: to a new <laughs> hockey market on a new team, and expectations or uh, whatever they're going to be with seattle i don't and know, you know what will
0: happen he's going to rack up points and people are going to get pissed off at the team for letting
1: him go. but he's going to go them. but he, But he's going to go to a you know a non it, it's all speculation of course but it yeah. would be a, non, a non-canadian market he wouldn't have the mic in front of his face all the time smaller market right so
0: then again it's brand new there'd be more interest so maybe this, this hide in true. that's
1: true that's that's well but but it's true but the thing is like he wouldn't be. He wouldn't expect it to be the guy all the time. Like who? Know, who knows? Really, it's all speculation right now. I just, I, I just hope for, not just as a hockey player, but as an individual, that whatever issues he's dealing with right now, he deals with them. Whether he's back this season or next season, or whether he comes back at all, he deals with these because you know mental health it just kills you from the inside. Yeah. Right. Now, so
0: we like we're two of us here based in Halifax. We've got quite a bit of experience with Drew and some of his issues in the past. We know a lot of things that have happened in the past. We're not going to get into it on this show because it's not public knowledge. So we are not going to share that, but I can guarantee you this. There are limits to people's mental health and today's day and age, the pandemic people are locked up indoors. It may seem minor to some people, but when it's the only thing that you're exposed to for long periods of time, that'll take its toll. Yeah. This this pandemic has forced people to stay indoors. You're not getting the same supports. You're not getting the same distractions. So now it's, it, online life is more prevalent and it's more, not it's nonstop.
2: Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, the media, I mean, we're bashing on fans, but the media is just as bad. I mean... I, I lump them all in together, and yeah, we're yeah. part of it on yeah. both sides. Yeah. Both fan um, the fan
0: side and the media side. We, the three of us, are part of that.
2: I think the media actually has a bigger, because he probably hears more from the media than he does from fans. Because uh, you can kind of draw out fans by pay, not paying attention to Facebook, not paying attention to social, you know, any social media and that. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. You watch more of the uh, French commentary than I do for uh, like RDS and uh, TVA and Pretty stuff like that. Pretty much the like same that. in English. Yeah, and uh, you know, like we get, and I, you know, I'm not going to throw names. Where everybody knows who they are, and everyone knows listens to everything. They all know who it is. And you know, you get certain morning shows that are like, oh, Drew in this, Drew in that, Drew in this, and then if he does play well, they're they don't. It's not so much about Drew in. And then he plays bad. It's back to drew and this drew and that drew and this, version and this that. Ignore the this. good highlight, the bad High, highlight, the bad. And I mean, Weber's getting the treatment this year about that. It, it's It's gravitating towards Weber because he's having a down season, even though analytic numbers don't support that. But, uh, <laughs> um, and it's the way that life is now. Can you imagine in, uh, Back in the '90s, can Patrick Wall when he left Montreal? Can you imagine having social media back in the day? Back in 1990, when Wall left 95, back in 1995 when Wall left Montreal, and that was just from the crowd. That was partly from the crowd. Oh, don't forget, not just the crowd. They there were people that were purchasing billboards throughout Montreal
0: between his home and the rink, so that he would see them on his way to the rink and back saying it's time to trade Pat That's that season. And then,
2: and then you had his head coach who, as a media guy before that, was parading Patrick Roy needs to be traded. So he was saying that the year they won the cup with Patrick Roy in 93 yeah. because Pois had a down season in 93. He had like a three goals against average and a save percentage of eight something, but he ended up winning the playoffs.
0: People complain that uh, nobody wants to go to Montreal ufas don't come to montreal well there's a lot of reasons you know some of them have to do with weather taxes um i don't know <clears throat> being a canadian market some people don't want that but the biggest part in my opinion is that they have to deal with this through the media the, the media fishbowl that is the montreal canadians because in montreal it is not a hockey mad city it is a montreal canadians city it's not about hockey, It's about the team. And there's a lot of outlets that turn members of the team and their family into tabloid style stories. They follow them around publicly. Some make up stories, some in, infer things, they take pictures, they're their paparazzi. Their, their families are followed. like it's it is prevalent. So, it's a major issue, and it's no wonder that, you know, eventually one player finally cracks under that pressure.
2: And then they wonder why Montreal doesn't draft any high-draft French players.
0: Well, there's uh, was it? The Athletic I, put something out just recently talking about how uh, – just uh, kind of exploring why Quebecois players tend to do better outside of Montreal than they do in Montreal. Pressure. Pressure.
2: Pressure. I mean, I wouldn't want to do I mean uh it's just it's sad really. And 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 that's why I don't think Druin will be back next year. I don't think he'll be a Montreal Canadian again. He he may play in the playoffs this year, maybe, but I don't think he'll be back
0: next year. I, I hope he comes back hundred percent and he stays, but
2: So do you, I. I, I had a special know. spot in my heart for Druin, being a moose head and do all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I really I like Druin. I liked when he came, I liked his play here. And if anyone hasn't noticed, I defend him a lot on social media and stuff like that. Uh, I know he's not what everyone thought he would be, but I didn't put him on that pedestal myself. So that's why I don't, and I don't look at his game. At the, when I see him improving his game, it's not points. It's everything else he's doing on the ice. He's a second and, line playmaking winger. Correct. And that's the way I look at him, and that's the way if, I've always looked at him.
1: So my my thought on this right now is, if he does come back this year, whether it be before the end of the year or he comes back for the playoffs, is is he going to be in the mental state to play at that high level that is going to be expected of him in the playoffs or towards the end of the season? And if it's not, then maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he should sit out.
0: If he does come back, it's because he feels
2: he can.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. He shouldn't be pressure from outside sources should be you know as a person you know i'm ready to go
2: and as much as people hate this uh, not listen to it but he's a playoff performer he, 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 had, that a, he had a great year. great year last year he had a great year last year, year. he had that uh 23 points and 20 small games with tampa the year uh, his last year in, in tampa and uh you know he's a good playoff performer it's just the i don't know It's all the other stuff that's going on that is uncalled for Yep. now
0: we'll we'll leave it at that and we'll segue over to the playoffs itself uh we'll talk about the canadians and their playoff chances i mean Treg, you've been very vocal online about the canadians and their magic number and how or what it takes for the other two teams to knock them off um the habs are playing winnipeg tonight winnipeg's on a five game losing streak the canadians just lost uh a game against Toronto where they may have had a moral victory, but they got, they, they got pounded 4 one. So if the Canadians can pull off three or four wins, they're in. that's it. That's basically the playoffs for them. Mm-hmm. So do, do you think that's actually
2: doable with the way they've been playing? Like this is. Well, Mon- Montreal in their last 10 are four and six. <clears throat> so they're playing 400 hockey. Uh, they have eight games left. Yeah, uh, so four hundred hockey in eight games is two wins. Two. They need four. They need four wins. They need four, but they need four or they need Calgary and uh, Vancouver to uh,
1: continue to, to lose.
2: Continue to lose. Yeah. Uh, Calgary. If they would have lost to Winnipeg last night, Calgary would virtually be done. Um, Edmonton. Edmonton last night. Or sorry, Edmonton yeah. last night. Yeah. Uh, the problem with Montreal is they have no consistency. Like uh, no. they win one they, now, mind you, against in the game against Toronto, I thought they played a good game. I thought they played well.
0: Uh, yeah, that's the moral victory that I'm talking yeah,
2: about. They, they they played a good game. They played a hard game. I mean, they got outskilled. Um, you can argue about the they got outskilled. They got beat because Toronto's high end talent was just better than theirs. That's right. Uh, me, Mc uh, McDavid, Matthews' goal. As amazing as it looked, I still say it was high stick. That should have been been called down. But, well, even uh, if
0: it was a high stick, it's not reviewable by the by the coach. It's not, but it, but and it the, was a
2: good goal. It was nothing you can do about it. The skill it's, it took to shoot that puck. The skill it took, and that's what Montreal is missing. Yeah. And uh, I think Montreal will make the playoffs. I don't think Calgary and Vancouver got it in them to uh, – I think if they win tonight – I mean, they have this, what is it? 79.6% chance of making the playoffs. That's where they're uh, at right now. That's where they're at right now. However, three days ago was 86%. So it's going to change with whoever wins and whoever loses. Uh, Vancouver's one. Uh, I always say Vancouver's the one to watch, but I think their schedule's too tight and too long and they're going to fall into the same thing Montreal is right now. And that's just fatigue. Montreal's fatigued. I'm telling yes. you now, J.D. uh, Lagrange, uh, he uh, said it perfectly. People can say it's an excuse all you want, but it's not. You're playing four games and seven nights on a regular basis every week for the last four weeks of this season. It's going. You're going to hit a wall, and that's what Montreal's kind of at now. You could blame Bergevin for not leaving enough cap space, or not leaving enough, uh, making too many call ups, for allowing them not to put fresh legs in. on a regular basis so they can bounce back and forth. Uh, but that's the issue. Uh, you can also blame Dom Ducharme for saying, Hey Weber, you're not playing tonight because we need you and you need a night off. We're uh, saying, Hey Weber, why don't you
0: play 14
2: minutes tonight minutes while this guy is... covers you off? Right. So uh, you, you, you can point your finger wherever you want. Uh, but Montreal right now is playing on fatigued legs. So you say four games. I say if Montreal wins two more games Are in four would be a pretty much a guarantee. Right. That's why uh, I'll I say four. Uh, you're right. I say, if they play, keep playing their 400 hockey, if they play 500 hockey, they're pretty much in, which it would be four games. So, uh, cause they have eight left. Um, and Calgary has five left, I think. So, um, no, Calgary has seven left because Montreal one, has game, in one hand. game in hand. Yeah. Um, And Calgary has a pretty easy schedule coming up too. They play a game, then they get two days off, and then they play another game. And I was just reading online off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think back to it. So but they and they play Winnipeg and they play three or four against Vancouver. And so they really need Vancouver and Calgary to beat each other up and win in regulation against each other. So
0: yeah, they're gonna have to start rotating players in and out somehow they have to, to find a way legs. of doing that they need some fresh legs this is where that meritocracy that we've talked about over yeah. the last few weeks would come into play if there's a line that's playing well give them more ice time let the other lines kind of ease off and you'll see that performance based factors like that um, a meritocracy will give these uh, the team the guys who are not playing that well some time to manage their minutes and they'll be more fresh the next
2: game, where they, they might be the best line. It's just I, one of these things. I mean, if we want to look this on a positive note uh, that uh, uh, Maxim Lapierre put on Twitter today,
3: Yes, Montreal wins...
2: What's that? That's a, It's a good point. Go for it. Yeah. Montreal, if they win tonight, is only four points out of third with a game in hand. Yeah. If they win tonight.
1: Because
2: yeah. Winnipeg's been dropping. So...
1: Yeah, and they just lost uh, Ehlers for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, so yes, they did. if you want to look at it that way, but then again, Montreal has to win. So and Montreal right now is on a win one, lose two, win one, lose two type. They've schedule. got to win. So win.
0: yeah, so the Winnipeg's on a bad skid right now. They're missing one of their top players. Um, Wheeler's playing injured. You can tell he is He's the same as Weber. He's having a hard time, yeah. it, especially with with Wheeler, who is normally used 20 to 25 minutes a night. That's a lot of time for a forward, let alone a defenseman like Weber. So you can tell he's playing banged up. That whole team is playing a little bit banged up, but they're in Montreal. So you know that pierre luc Dubois is going to be playing lights out hockey because he's a Quebecois local boy. Um, And Winnipeg does play well against Montreal. So this is, it's a, it's a game where two teams are on a bit of a skid and the first team to actually step up and show a little bit more heart is going to win. This is, this is the concern with tonight's game. So if the, the Canadians do win, LaPierre is right. It's, you know, they're, they're back in that, that thick of it again. And let's be honest, the Canadians are exactly where we put them at the start of the year. They're relying on a 20 and 21 year old center that's their top centers, a 20 and a 21-year-old. Kotkaniemi and Suzuki, while they have a ton of talent a ton of skill, they don't have it all together yet. We're seeing flashes at times, but there's other, t- other moments where it's just not quite there. If they were, say, 22 and 23 years old, when they're a lot closer to their peaks, we would be seeing a much different hockey team. So the biggest missing piece we mentioned skill we have all season long talked about puck moving defensemen, but just that experience for those two guys we're going to see a much different team in the couple in the in the coming years so making the playoffs right now is a big deal to develop them get them some more ice time because look at this look at the leap and progression that they had last season with a playoff
2: I truly believe if they had a normal schedule I don't think you'd see them as mediocre as they are right now either. I, I I really don't. I I think they wouldn't be backing into this fourth place. I think they'd be battling hard for third. Um, personally, that's that's it's
1: true. The, the, the time way I look off, at the, it. the time off really did affect them.
2: Yeah, uh, they won their first two games, and then after that, it was they haven't won two games in a row since. So yeah, uh, they're coming back from COVID, and uh, I truly believe if they would have. Uh, wouldn't have had that eight-day break or whatever it was, um, that they would be in a better spot than what they are right now. Because so it- I, Completely healthy, I do believe they can play any type of game they want. Um, Unfortunately, I, they're picking this kind of game to play. Yeah. Really. I, I don't know why. I mean, I wrote an article about why. But anyway uh, – <laughs>
1: Right, like um, right, right now for me the concern is the players that they're missing out of their lineup and when are they going to be back and what gallagher. kind of sh- in what kind of shape are they going to be when they come back in the lineup mm-hmm. um like gallagher skating now not doing anything with the puck though um to tire possibly game time decision tonight byron's the same way um like the way the the, the lines are back in a blender and uh we hated that. We hated that when uh, when Tarion did when, it. When when Tarion did it, we hated it. When uh, Julian did it, we hated it. But no, but that's just the way that it is right now. And like I've got the lines up here. I'll just read them off quickly. Cockney Emi to Anderson. Hey, Cockney take him. A, he's you know been one of your better centers the last little while. Throw him back on the wing. Uh, to Foley, Suzuki, Armia, which is a line that can work. Um, Leckin and Evans Caulfield. You got some speed. You got some defensive play on that. And then you got a shooter. And you got for leak Stall, Perry. So I, I'm, I really, know why I'm they, really hoping. I'm really, personally, I'm really hoping to tear his back tonight because he's uh, very comfortable with Deno. And that's what I'm kind of hoping for.
2: Grant McCagg made a good point about Cotton Emmy. Uh, he's there because of the lack of wingers they have right now. It's not because right. they're taking. Yeah, name. that's true. That's true. And, and he, you know, the team feels comfortable with him playing wing. Yeah. Because let's admit, he, when he He'll played go. for Ass Porno, he uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had to get that in.
2: He um, was a winger. He was a winger. He was. Thing, he was. So, he was
1: drafted as a winger.
2: As a winger, technically, yeah. but everyone yeah. knew he'd be a center. Right. Um,
0: I just like the uh, the the uh, insure line, the fourth one.
2: Give everyone a <laughs> bottle of insure and let them go. Yeah. Looks like the Toronto Maple Leafs depth line
1: because it's yeah. all old. <laughs> <laughs> the walkers. You know, like, I bring this up a lot. Like I, I've been a big fan of Perry in the season that he's been having. He's, he's, he's a uh, gamer. He is. He's a gamer, and he comes out. And there's a reason they put an A on his chest. They easily could have given it to to, to, uh, to someone like to know or any of the other guys that have been there a hell of a lot longer than Perry, but there's a reason they didn't.
2: I'd like the evans lekinen coffee line, and I'll tell you why. Evans and Lekinen – Although Lekkinen falls fifteen times a game and misses passes, Lekkinen's playing his ass off the he last is, few yeah, games. Yeah. Evans has probably been the best player on the team since he came back from sitting for stall. And uh, I kind of like it's like a high energy line that they're putting together. My only worry about it is that uh, Lekkinen's passing lately has been terrible. But um,
0: but Lekkinen on a line like that, his job is going to
2: be puck defensive. Yeah, puck yeah. retrieval, and he's the defensive guy.
0: Yeah, so, and Evans is good defensively yeah. as well. He's not he's not a slouch. So they're uh, sheltering he's got
2: great speed. They're sheltering Caulfield with uh, two good defensive guys, so he can just go out and do his thing. And so, both
0: have speed, and yeah. they can keep up with him. Yeah. He finds that, and he's got the two games under his belt now. His Corsi four and his uh, XGF in both those games to get combined. He's above sixty five percent.
2: Oh, he's and, been and for cool.
0: those who don't follow advanced stats. That's fucking good. So, and it's not like he's not getting the minutes either. He's averaging about 15 minutes a night. So he's, he's playing a lot. He's playing extremely well. He's getting tons of shots on net. He's finding those open areas. He hasn't been found on a couple of them yet. There was one pass in the last game that uh, kind of fluttered over to him and it just, he just missed out on it. But that's a line with Evans having a little bit of playmaking ability with speed where I think. If they get a mismatch against a third or fourth line for Winnipeg, they'll be able to put up some points.
2: In the Toronto game, there's a lot of he was open a lot and they didn't get yeah. a pass over to him. No. So yeah. I mean, he finds the open night like we always said. He's the type of guy. He's like Ovi. I'm I'm not saying he's gonna be a scorer like Ovi, but the way he plays is exactly like Ovechkin. He finds. He's always open. And, for he knows some where to, he knows where to
1: go. He knows and where they, to go, and they know that that's the weapon that's the guy It's like Ovechkin and you brought it up Ovechkin can literally stand on the faceoff and we've seen it the the, play is going on over here he's just standing there he's like it's going to come to me I'm going to get my shot off and I'm probably going to score
0: because he knows the secret hockey players don't are unable to see you unless you're moving they're like Tyrannosaurus Rex (laughs) they only see movement it's actually
2: kind of accurate. It's the <laughs> secret. <laughs> but uh, I, for tonight, Montreal needs a good start. They need to play ahead, like by two yep. goals, like get a couple goals, play ahead, and they need to play like the last period of the Calgary game and the Toronto game. If they play like they did in the Toronto game, they should do well. Yep. It, it's a Toronto game. It's just unfortunate that their talent just beat them, and then they, you know, they get that. Uh, third line goal against on them and that was the end of it so yeah toronto
0: had all their skilled players in they played well and they, that's that was the difference in the game
2: exactly the canadians
0: like, are still amassing that skill and still developing that skill
2: i'm not i, I can't take any way thing away no. from ter, toronto on that game like they i think montreal o played them they 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 uh i think anderson said it right munch Toronto was kind of sitting back on their, on their on their skates. And it was a game they should have – it should have been 4-1 Montreal with the way of the play on the ice. It's just Toronto's talent was just that much better, and that's what they used to win.
1: Well, Speaking of Anderson, I love that hit.
2: Yeah, that was a good hit. Oh, yeah, no, Riley. Riley's <laughs> out, eh? Riley, yeah. Riley's injured. That, well, I don't know if it's from that hit, but he, he's out. So. Maybe. Um, <clears throat>
0: yeah, so if, for the Canadians, really, it comes down to uh, – if they want to win games, they're going to have to start going to the net more. Yeah, They're not getting enough shots in the no. slot. They're not going to the net enough. It was evident in that game and every other game before that. So um,
1: I, said, I remember when the team was just, was among the league leaders in, in, in shooting. Yeah. And now it's just, you know, I, I, I get the new systems, short passes, all that kind of stuff. You still got to generate chances,
0: especially when you're not as skilled as other teams, you have to be in closer to the net to score. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we're going to end this segment here. Uh, went pretty long. Uh, today's show is going to go a little bit longer than normal. Hopefully you enjoy the extra content. So when we come back from break, we'll be joined by Sam Harrigan from the, uh, Badger Herald out in Wisconsin. He's going to talk to us a little bit about Cole Caulfield and some women's hockey. So, uh, stick around. We will be right back.
2: Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy, Arms. Bergy, Arms. Bergy, Arms. Bergy Arms. Today. Not a real product they May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use... If you're healthy, if you want it loyally, buy a dog.
0: And welcome back to Hubs Unfiltered. Uh, We are joined now by Sam Harrigan of the Badger Herald Sports. Uh, Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Um, I'm glad you took some time out of your your busy day at school to, you know, spend some time with us old farts over on the East Coast.
3: Of course. (laughs) Of course. Make all the time.
0: So, uh, Sam, I'm bringing you on because you broke the story of Cole Caulfield getting the call up to the NHL. So, can you give us a little background on how that day went and what happened?
3: Yeah, uh, Monday was a lot of fun for me. Um, I uh, kind of woke up, did some homework, did some class. I'm a college student, as you kind of briefly hinted at here at Wisconsin. Um, so, just kind of going about my, my Monday as normal. Got a text didn't think anything of it, sat back down, did some more homework. And I was like, wait, I don't see anything about this. Maybe I should, maybe I should throw it out there. See, see if it'll uh, get a little traction. And it certainly did. Um, so it was a, uh, a busy 36, 48 hours where my phone would not stop lighting up and buzzing and, you know, it was DMs and comments and so many nice words and nice messages and um, made my day and made my week. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And also just very happy to see Cole Caulfield finally playing in the NHL.
0: Yeah, local boy makes good and gets onto one of the uh, the oldest teams in the world, and he did pretty well.
3: I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, um, Monday especially. What he had four or five shots, and I, I know he came graded out as the second highest uh, rated forward of the night. So yeah, I, I'd say he looked pretty good for his first NHL game, and looked good on uh, on Wednesday as well.
0: And he's a local product of Wisconsin. So can you give us a little idea of what that means to the hockey mad market that is Wisconsin?
3: Yeah. So first and foremost, it's important to realize that Wisconsin, as you briefly hinted at, is a hockey lover paradise. Um, It's hockey, 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 especially pond hockey. There's lakes everywhere. And all winter, you'll see people out uh, playing hockey. But Caulfield's from Stevens Point. Um, which is kind of a smaller town about an hour north of Madison where the University of Wisconsin is. Um, And they, it's a small town, but they pump out athletes Um, like Joe Pavelski went to the same high school as Cole. Um, But it's not a small deal to go from Stevens Point high school or any Wisconsin high school and come play hockey here at the University of Wisconsin um, you know, we don't have a hockey team, as I as I said. So um, all the hockey fans here kind of resort to the Badgers. You know, Wisconsin is their NHL team. Um, and it, it's certainly a big deal. Um, and especially for a kid from Wisconsin to make a big time playing here and, and now up into the show, he's he's kind of a, a superstar all throughout the state. Yeah, and Wisconsin's not
0: a a small program either. They're one of the nation's top hockey programs, are they not?
3: Right, they are. And um, that was more evident kind of a while back. Um, kind of been in, in a little bit of a steady decline for about 10 years or so. Um, but Cole kind of brought the – Cole, among others, like Dylan Holloway, like Linus Weisbach, kind of brought the uh, program back for a year, won the Big Ten regular season, uh, best offense in the country, finishes highly ranked as number four, number one seed in the NCAA. A tournament so kind of brought back to the prominence of old and it was um a much needed good season for wisconsin and for tony granado whose uh, hot seat was warming warming steadily but might have cooled off a little bit thanks to cole and dylan and other uh, some other of the big names on the team this year
0: yeah winning the big 10 probably helped a little bit in easing a little that.
3: bit yeah. yeah
0: yeah so i'd imagine the campus was a little bit uh a little bit of a buzz on campus after that
3: It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, So Wisconsin's more of a football school first, um, but anytime you got a good team on any campus across the world um, or any city across the world, obviously it'll revolve around them. Um, Both the men's and women's teams were awesome this year. And um, it became obviously everybody already loves hockey here, but it just became so much more where regardless of where you go, you'll see, the games on and um, it was a really fun time a fun atmosphere especially because they were such a not only were they a good team they were a fun team they led the country in goals they're scoring nearly five a game so played fun they paid they played fast paced and they scored a lot of goals so it's a good team to watch and a good team to root for
0: now you mentioned the women's team and you cover the women's team for the heralds so um, we at Habs Unfiltered are based out of Nova Scotia and the captain of the women's Badgers team is from Kentville. She's one of our very own blue nosers. Brett Petit, if I'm yeah. pronouncing that correctly, um, I'm sorry, Brett. I'll get it next time. But she, along with your uh, with the rest of her teammates, went back-to-back championships.
3: They did. They brought number six back here to Madison. Um Brett, as you hinted at, was the captain of the team. She also was a third on the team in points. And that she was awesome. She um among Daryl Watts and Sophie Shirley, kind of the two big names who both finished top 10 in the Patty Kazmire. I'll give Daryl Watts a little bit of a shout out here, completely robbed of the Patty Kazmire. It's okay, it happens. Uh, but uh, Brett Pettit was awesome all year, as you mentioned, captain of a national championship winning team. Um, that's a big deal. And it was a big deal around here going back to back, six nat- national champion, national championship back to Madison. And um, I think you can argue that the Wisconsin women's team. Um, is arguably the most prestigious women's hockey team anywhere in the world, uh, especially being coached by Mark Johnson, Wisconsin great, Team USA great, and uh, just kind of an all-around hockey legend. So uh, they, them winning the national championship is no small no small deal around here. Um, women's hockey is, as I kind of hinted at, was is arguably bigger here than anywhere else in the world. They sell out the Kohl Center, which is our big arena here. They'll they'll stuff twenty thousand people in there. They set all the attendance records for women's hockey. So um, them winning a national championship is certainly a big deal and a big deal for Nova Scotia to be captained by Brett Predit.
0: Yeah. We, uh, I got to admit that the women's hockey uh, is not the biggest uh, sport here should be bigger than it is, but having someone from the province, she, uh, she brought some buzz back, especially just before the women's world championships were supposed to be held here in Halifax Now, those are canceled. Um, Sadly, the province kind of backed out at the last minute and shut those down. But what's your take on the importance of the women's game and growing the sport around the world?
3: Yeah, I mean, you're seeing the women's game grow faster than it ever has. Um, I'll look at Alexi Lafreniere. Shows up to his first day of training camp as the number one overall pick, the highest-touted prospect in years wearing a women's hockey sweatshirt right in front of the media Um, you're seeing games I'm a ranger fan so I'm a little bit biased here but with the what the New York Rangers are doing hosting women's hockey games at Madison Square Garden um, it's a big deal Um, and to see kind of how fast it's growing is is certainly really cool for somebody who covers the sport Um, you know it's it's a good product it's a quality product and Um, again, it's a little easier for me being here at Wisconsin, kind of the center of the women's hockey market. Um, but regardless of, uh, where you go in a hockey centric area, it's really important to continue to grow women's hockey because it's a sport that deserves it. Um, there's a lot of very talented athletes, a lot of, um, very skilled hockey players and, and they deserve all the, uh, all the growth that they're getting right now. Yeah,
0: I've, um, I've got daughters, and i've coached hockey at the grassroots level for women for many many years and i've coached some amazing hockey players some of the most talented have been the the female athletes that i have coached so um i'm a i'm a large proponent of a partnership be, between the nhl and the uh the women's the women's leagues maybe an nwhl i think there's six teams so far i'd like to see a, a firm partnership. What What is your take on how that would be? I mean, with the skills competition, the women just showing up the men at the uh, the yeah. All-Star skills competitions, how big do you think that will be?
3: I think it's a huge thing. Um, you know, I think it starts at kind of the ground floor uh, with the NHL, with the players. And if the players can show that they're involved and that they care, you know, it's not just Alexi Lafreniere. There's been a lot of guys wearing the PWHPA professional women's hockey players association sweatshirts um, to kind of show off that aspect of the game. And as you briefly hinted at uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield uh, competing in the fastest skater and flying out there um, at the all-star game. So just kind of giving them a platform. There was big news yesterday for the NWHL uh, doubling their salary cap for every team from 150,000 to 300,000. So um, the game is growing. It's growing faster than it ever has. Um, And that just continues to start with the NHL players because they have the voice here. It doesn't, Gary Bettman's voice is obviously bigger than the rest. um, But when there's a whole of a lot of NHL guys and a lot of NHL superstars uh, reaching out and speaking out on the importance of growing women's hockey, it'll kind of force Gary Bettman's hand and force a partnership, a more firm partnership um, for a lot of reasons with the NWHL and and even more women's hockey leagues across the world.
0: Now, uh, as we record, it's the 29th of April. Um, The NFL draft is about to start. And as a, as I'm a massive Packers fan, I was just wondering who you think they're going to pick in the first round.
3: You know, I, I've been reading stuff all day about how they're going to trade up. Um, So I even was reading something about a possible Aaron Rodgers trade that they shut down from the 49ers. So I think the Packers are going to be moving here. I hope for Aaron Rodgers' sake that they go get a uh, a receiver for him. You know, whether that's Rondell Moore, who I love, or Rashad Bateman from Wisconsin's arch-rival Minnesota. Hoping they get they get him a little help. I'm not a Packer fan. I'm actually a New York Jets fan. I have it a lot worse than you do. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm uh, I'm hoping that I'll, you and a lot of my uh, my friends here at Wisconsin are diehard Packer fans, and hoping Aaron Rodgers gets a little help and gets back to the Super Bowl.
0: Be nice to see, and uh,
3: all
0: I can say to your Jets is good luck.
3: Yeah, we're gonna need a lot of it.
0: <laughs> so uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show um, and giving us a lot of really good background on the on the women's game, on Wisconsin itself. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you and what they can expect?
3: Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm all over Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle Sam Harrigan eighty four. First name Sam, last name H-A-R-R-I-G-A-N, number 84. Um, I'm there and a lot of hockey tweets, uh, both about my New York Rangers. And now I'm starting to have to cater to the uh, Canadiens fans and they've kind of been blowing me up lately. So um, I'll, uh, I'll certainly be uh, chiming in about Cole Caulfield here and there as he deserves. Um, a lot of women's hockey, too, with, with Wisconsin and the NWHL as a whole. I also write uh, for the Badger Herald, which is our school newspaper here. As you said, I, uh, I cover the women's hockey team. We'll probably be doing that again next year. Um, and maybe, and I, I write a lot about men's hockey as well. So, um, I love hockey. I'm always, always writing or tweeting about it. So come find me there. That's where I'll be. All right, Sam, thank
0: you very much for coming on the show. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck in the future.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I'm thrilled to come on.